You are listening to the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast hosted by myself, Taryn Watts, and my colleague and dear friend, Michelle Terrio. We believe that the quality of the conversations you're inside of shapes the quality of your life. Whether that's a conversation you're having with others, listening in on, or contemplating within yourself, what you think about and where you direct your energy matters. At the Mind Rebel Academy, we train and support change makers to step into their life's work as world-class coaches and leaders. After mentoring hundreds of people from around the world, what we've come to realize is that the most extraordinary coaches and leaders have one thing in common, and this is that they are wildly devoted to living deeply examined lives. After all, you can only go as deep with another as you're willing to go within yourself. And this podcast is just that, Michelle and I, two coaches and leaders, having raw, honest, very human conversations that are expanding our minds, opening us up to new possibilities, and keeping us steadfastly committed and focused to walking our path towards our deepest yearnings and greatest visions. And our intention is that these conversations do the same for you. So get comfy and settle in, and as always, you're invited to take what's for you and gently leave the rest. Enjoy. Hello. Good morning. What are we talking about today? Okay. So I thought we could frame today's conversation. We've got lots of things swirling around, Michelle, as usual. And, you know, before our conversations, we're always trying to like pull out what's the theme of the conversation we're inside of this week. And this morning when I was journaling, I was recalling a article I wrote. It was a, it was a pep talk when I used to do Monday morning pep talks. It was a pep talk I wrote several years ago. And I, I feel like the heart of what we want to talk about is is like woven in the words of this pep talk. And it's interesting because I wrote this pep talk years ago, but it's just as relevant today for me as it was when I wrote it years ago, which is um, which is saying something because often I'll read things I wrote years ago and, and think, oh, wow, like I don't feel that way or any, anymore. Or my perception has changed or something's shifted or I'm not as energetically attached to it or charged with it. But when I read this, it feels just as uh, relevant today than it did several years ago when I wrote it. And I think that's just simply because th this is such a nuanced and complex topic. And there's so many layers to this topic. And, um, okay. So why don't I just read it? Should yeah. I just read it? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Here it is. I have betrayed myself over and over and over again, more times than I can count a recovering people pleaser. I have stayed pleasant when something inside me wanted to roar. I have said that it was okay when really it was not. I have agreed when I knew it was wrong. I have said yes when my body screamed no. I have ignored my deepest truth just to belong. Fear cloaked in love. Sometimes it can be tricky to spot, but discernment is what's necessary to break the pattern. Day in and day out, inside of every choice, we must ask ourselves, if I chose radical self-love, what would I do next? 
what I have learned is that the more I examine the intentions behind my choices, the more sensitive my body's radar has become. It's like a siren going off whenever I'm presented with the choice to either betray myself to make others feel comfortable or honor myself and risk disconnection from them. But once we come to accept that not everyone will like us, that our gut should override anyone else's gospel, that our deepest knowing is enough, that we matter more than the, then what matters more than the connection with others is the connection within. Once we embody these truth, truths, we will finally understand that coming back home to ourselves is what we've been searching for all along. Hmm. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it to like, ooh, get me so deep. I should have, I, I love the things you say and write and think, but that goes in and lands into the deepest place in me and makes me feel soft and sore all at once. I'm like, oh, when you said I've betrayed myself like so many times, my insides went, oh, <laughs> I betrayed myself so much. Oh, gosh. Mm. So you said it makes you feel soft and sore all at the same time. Yeah. Um, in the, even just in the acknowledging that, that I've betrayed myself, there's relief mm -hmm. because it means like the, the effort and the, like the, 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 even if it's subtle pain that it's caused me to betray myself. Um, it means that if that was the wrong path, there's a relief that like, Oh, maybe I don't have to do that ever again, mm. you know? And so there's like a softening, a relief and there's um, a soreness that's like, it needs so much self-compassion poured onto it to sort of like, make amends with myself you know that's sore it's sore I, I think about you know those moments where you feel like someone has hurt me the world mm -hmm. has done this to me this person you know made me hurt it's kind of nothing compare compared to the soreness mm -hmm. of doing it mm -hmm. to yourself oh it's sore yeah, that is very true. That yeah. feels very true for me too. I don't have a lot of regrets. Mm. Like I don't live my life with a lot of, oh, I wish I didn't do that or regrets or like, oh, choices that I don't have. A, I don't, I don't think about that a lot. Um, but the, the, the regrets I do have and do hold on to, I can hold them in one hand. They're like, I can actually like pinpoint certain experiences that I've had in the last, um, and it's, and, and they feel like, you know, in the last couple of years, it doesn't feel like I've, I've forgiven my past self for a lot of the choices and decisions I made when I didn't know better yeah. or, um, you know, past versions of myself that showed up just super unaligned or in my rebel or in my guard. But some of the regrets that I still hold are experiences in the last several years 
where I chose someone else's feelings over my own. And I, in the, in those moments, I was doing it in the name of harmony. And, um, I think I was doing it in the name of, oh, this is how, you know, I know my authentic self, my aligned, the aligned version of me would just forgive this person and just, you know, like, just, I, and I, when I think about regrets I have, it's, it's that, it's those moments hmm. where I did something where that I thought like it was that fear cloaked in love. I think that's the, that's the statement in that, in that, whatever it was I wrote, that, that letter I wrote, fear cloaked in love. When I do, th when I've done things in the past that looked loving on the outside, but felt, but, but, but we're really coming from, if I'm really honest with myself, it was coming from this place of fear within and, and in so doing, I was betraying myself. Those are the things I still feel today. Yeah. I still feel the regret of that today. And I wish I could go back as the, you know, as the version of me today and I could go back and rehave some of those conversations or re relive some of those experiences with what I know today. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think there's still an energy there that calls your mind back to revisit them? Mm. Well, there has to be something not fully um, settled inside of me in order for my mind to keep going back there. There has to be something a little bit stirred up still. And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, we, we have these conversations about, you know, the version of us that is aligned at that authentic self. And then the version of us that is our guard. And I think that I, in certain scenarios like this, in certain scenarios like this, I'm still learning how my authentic self like actually shows up mm. um, because I so don't want my guard to be the one responding to it. Yeah. You know? I think I'm still learning. I think I'm still learning how my authentic self shows up in moments where there is disharmony. And I think, again, that's important. Harmony, as you know, Michelle, harmony is really, really important to me. Harmony in relationships, harmony in conversations, harmony in my external environment. So much so that when, so when I, like, I remember a time not so long ago that I truly, I believed, I really believed that if I could find an inner state of alignment and harmony inside of myself and stay there, like, consistently and, like, always just stay there, I could then manipulate <laughs> 
my external environment so that every interaction I had with others and every life experience I had would just mirror and match my internal state of harmony. And I believed that I had control over, like, okay, I don't necessarily have control over what happens outside of me, but I have control over what happens within me. And, And I believe that if I can show up in the world completely aligned, then the world would, would just mirror that alignment back to me. And I would not, I would never again experience any type of discomfort or disharmony. And what I have learned since then is there's a part of that, that there's like some truth, just like, you know, just like in most things, there's a little sprinkle of truth in there, but there's also some, like my human mind has, you know, construed or misconstrued or just isn't just muddied up the truth a little bit through my own lens of what I wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I even really relate to those thought patterns because if you read anything, Abraham Hicks, right. If you, (laughs) if you read anything, along those lines, um, the, the big leap, the, is it yeah. called the big, leap? The big I, leap? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of others. It's easy for my mind, the human mind to simplify it in such a way where it sounds that way. Like if I'm perfect enough, <laughs> then I can <laughs> control it. I just have to be, I just have to be perfect not in the classic perfectionistic way, but like, I just have to be perfect in my alignment. Perfect. Yeah. And then everything will be okay. And then when you see something outside of you that you don't like, it causes you to come back inside and look for the flaw. Yeah. You know, in your alignment. So it causes, uh, it causes this almost like relentless self-scanning for flaws in a lot, in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. And I, I agree with what you're saying is, it's like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's something there to, you know, is something there. There's, there is, there is something important there. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, I think, I think that's sort of it. There's some, there is something important there. There's something that's still true there. However, I don't think that's what these people meant you know, these channelers mm-hmm. and these writers, I don't think they meant to take that and go, well, if there's anything that's not feeling good around me, I must be wrong inside and I need to fix it. I need to fix yeah. my alignment, right? I don't, I don't think that's the heart and the energy of what's powerful in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what, do, so what do you think the heart is the heart of what's powerful in it? Oh, I think that okay, where I'm, where I'm landing. Okay. There's a line that I wrote in my authentic self statement that says, I move smoothly through the waves towards the clear and rising ring of truth. And I love that line. And to me, what it means is it makes room for all of the waves. That's really important. It makes room for me, for my internal waves, and it makes room for the external waves of life that are happening around me. 
And I think the piece that's true is, is there is always a way for me to find um, a certain type of inner peace. There's my, in my truest alignment, I am always capable. I am always okay. There is always a way to like, to, to peace and truth and um, almost like a type of satisfaction. If I truly own my own power and find my deepest alignment, no matter what's happening, I can find that. Like it is possible to get to a, like a deep place of alignment and truth that feels so powerful. It's just that true power and true alignment and true internal peace doesn't seem to come with no ripples or waves in emotions or no ripples or waves in uh, mm -hmm. the world around or, you know, other people's waves and distress and emotions are going on all around me. And the truth of me being okay has to exist with other people not being okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was co as coherent as I wanted it to be, but it was very, it, I'm, I'm following you. I'm following you. Um, so that is, that feels very, very true. And then something else that feels true is kind of like in a, in a different, on a different line of thinking, but it's like, how can these two things be true at once? Which I think is like a powerful intersection to get to. Another thing that's really been true for me is oftentimes, oftentimes when there is some type of chaos outside of me, some type of disharmony outside of me, and it stirs something up inside of me. It disturbs my internal peace or my internal harmony. It is mirroring something. Yeah. It's showing me something. Like it is true that it's revealing something to me about myself. Mm. Yes. I also think that is very true. Yes. Um. Yeah. So how do these things to, how do these two true perspectives coexist and intersect? Mm -hmm. You know, I think about the things that activate something that, you know, the experience, the, the, we're, we're, we're these human beings moving through the world with other human beings. Like we're these imperfect humans moving through the world with other imperfect humans. And we need each other. We need each other to like to grow to exist to create like we we need each other and with each other comes all sorts of like chaos and disharmony and just like communication dysfunction and drama and um I think that I think that the things that come up for me when my internal, when I'm being activated or I'm, when I'm being triggered, they are, mm, it's like, it's pointing, it's, it's helping to point the finger to the place inside of me that 
like isn't navigating those waves well, like you mm -hmm. said, like, yeah, you know, and I think for me that this journey of, of like deep growth and deep examination, like that, that thread or that, that, that internal harmony, like that internal peace within that part of me within that doesn't get shit shooken up or doesn't get activated, doesn't get triggered, no matter what, like literally what waves are going on outside of me, that part is getting like step by step by step by step so much more solid and so much stronger with every step I take. And so perhaps it's true that, I don't know, maybe it's true that the, like, it probably is true that what used to trigger me or activate me years ago is no longer the case today because of growth I've made, but I'm still a human growing. And so there's still, you know, there's still, there's still stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know what I'm picturing in my mind right now is, um, if I like really take my, my wave metaphor to the next level and I picture that like I'm in a boat and I'm going through life on these waves, um, along the way, there's all sorts of things in the water outside of my boat. Um, maybe even people in my boat. Right. And so there's been times in my life where there's people in my boat causing a ruckus and making it very hard for me to um, keep the boat upright and not capsize. Right. And so, mm -hmm. and so I think in those times, it's like, that's, there's a mirror there, right? The, there's a mirror there in terms of I'm letting people in my boat. Um, yeah. Why are they even in my boat? Like, first yeah, of all. Like, yeah. What, yeah. And, and I might be blaming them. If only they'd sit down, if only they would just row with me, but it's my boat. I've let them, I've let them in. So that's certainly a mirror, right? Like that's certainly why am, why am I allowing them in my boat? There's also, I think sometimes there's people in the water flailing their arms, um, saying like, I need help. I'm drowning. Right. Or maybe there's people in the water just like, mad that I have a boat and like, you should be picking me up or why do you get a boat? I don't know. There's people in the water and they're yelling things. Right. And so there's certain times in my life where I would have seen someone in the water and been like, oh, I'm coming for you, you know, and maybe I've thrown them. Um, maybe I've thrown them like a, uh, like a life, like, what do you call those little rings? Like, like a, life a life raft. Yeah, okay. just, I'm picturing that like orange circle yeah. that lifeguard throws. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. Um, where I've thrown it to them. And um, you know, so instead of pointing into the waves and just like going through my life, getting to the places I want to go, enjoying my journey, I'm here, my boat's getting knocked around, I'm like fiddling with somebody and maybe I'm trying to help them, maybe I'm trying to pull them into my boat, maybe I'm trying to save them, maybe I'm trying to like tell them how to swim, maybe I'm trying to tell them like where their boat is, I don't know what I'm trying to do. Um, but if I'm drawn and magnetized there and it's like messing me up, that's a mirror. 
that like that is a mirror. There's a if I'm being I have control of where I'm being drawn. And if I'm being drawn somewhere and I don't like it, then that's a mirror for me. Then it's like, why do I need to see about myself or what I'm choosing right now that I'm being drawn somewhere that I'm not liking, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think the 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 shift for me that I notice is that I I notice when I'm now you know, sailing along in my ship in my little boat and I see people in the water and I notice when I used to feel so drawn to them, like, oh, they're frantic or maybe they're mad or they feel like they're dying or they deserve a ride on the boat. Um, And I notice them and I go, oh, no, I'm just going to keep going, right? And so that's when I know oh, my inner, my internal alignment, like I, I, I can find my own inner peace despite the people flailing in the water. And it's no longer a mirror simply because I'm not drawn to it. It's like, it's not mine. When I know it's not mine, it's very clear. Like that's not a mirror for me. I'm not drawn there. Like you guys do your thing and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep sailing where I want to sail. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I think it's so satisfying, makes me so proud of myself when I notice a place that would have sucked me in, like magnetically drawn me there before that made me would have felt like, oh gosh, I would have felt trapped and conflicted and angry and my guard would have come out. It feels so good to be able to see one of those uh, little, I don't want to call them traps, but one of those disturbances that would have drawn me in before. And now I can see it and go, no, I'm in alignment. I own my power. I own my energy. I have free will. I can, I can do what I want. I can be who I want. I can go where I want. And my deepest alignment sets me free and, and other people, uh, yeah, my deepest alignment sets me free and it's reflected in sort of like the peace and the harmony of the waves and the people are still going on. Yeah. So, okay. So I love this analogy. And what about, like, what is the difference for you between going on your way, kind of not ignoring, but just acknowledging the the people in the water, acknowledging the 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 storms around you, but going on your way. What is the difference for you between like knowing? Okay, how how, how do I want to put this? Like knowing what what if there's someone in the water that you do want to bring on your boat, or something you do want to draw your attention to that feels like it might be derailing you from your your path like how for you how do you know how do you discern the difference between between those things yeah I'm I think um I I know not from some like certain kind of wisdom I know because I've just made the same mistake so many times it's ludicrous. I know because 
I know what it feels like. To, yeah. I know what it feels like to think I want to go detour and help someone. I know what it feels like to think I should, and that's the right thing to do and try it over and have it not work out. Capsize the boat. Okay. Try it again. Like I'm not learning my lesson. I try and I try and I try and I try and I've tried so many times and I've made the same mistake so many times that it's just like that Einstein quote, like the definition of insanity mm -hmm. is trying the exact same thing over and over, expecting different results. It's like, I have been so hard headed and ha I've had to make the mistake so many times that after a thousand of the same mistakes, I finally just know what that feels like inside. Like it's like uh, the pattern is pretty clear. I know, um, I know the creepy sense of like, oh, should and oh, guilt and oh, maybe that's actually smart. I could see the logic of it. Oh, maybe there's something to their point of view. Oh, maybe they're right. Oh, maybe I should kind of, maybe I'm being too selfish. Maybe I should, maybe. I know that feeling. It's that like, oh, maybe I should. Oh, mm -hmm. it's like, oh gosh, I know it with everything in me. And it's, I think, I think now, um, now I have enough evidence built up that that, oh, maybe I should. I don't trust it anymore. It doesn't have as much of a hold on me as it used to. And what it feels like when there's actually a direction change that I want to make or actually someone that I, ooh, like I do want to go over there and maybe not pick them up and save them, but when, mm -hmm. when it, when a directional change is actually right, it actually feels inspired. It's like, oh, I want to go this way. Dare I go mm -hmm. this way? Do I really dare? Or this person looks so interesting. Look, I just want to see what they're doing. What are they saying? You know, it's, it's inspiration. It's desire. It's selfish. Yeah. It's inspiration. It's desire. It's selfish. It's hope. It's, it's hope. It's possibility. It's expansion. It's what if. And every time I've taken a chance on that feeling, it's always taken me the right way. And every time I've caved to the old pattern mm -hmm. of oh, maybe someone else is right. Someone else told me that's the way I should go. Oh, maybe I should. It's just that one always takes me the wrong way and the other one always takes me the right way. So I just, and I have not been able to escape this pattern. I guess maybe nor would I want to, but this just seems to be the pattern for me. And so... If there's someone in the water flailing, having a real hard time, you know, either because they're scared or they're angry, it's just never, ever, ever served me or proved to be true that it was my job or in my best interest to go over there and try to fix it for them or even like mm -hmm. soothe them because it doesn't do either of us any good. As you're describing as you're describing all of this, I'm, I'm filtering and thinking back to some of my own 
experiences of making those decisions, those should decisions out of guilt or feeling sorry for someone or like, oh, like, you know, those, those, those feelings and, or feeling obligated or feeling, yeah, the should, like I should do that. It's almost like what it did in the moment is put a little bandaid over something. Mm. And, um, made it better in the moment, but it always, every single time came back around to bite me in the ass, really Mm. every single time in some way or another. So I completely relate to this energy of like checking in with the intentions behind your choices. Is this coming from a place of fear, lack, scarcity, not enough, guilt, shame, have to, whatever, wherever that comes from, you know? Yeah. Or is this coming from a place of inspiration and yearning and like you said, like self-centeredness of like, I actually want to do this thing. Yeah. You know what I've seen a couple of times on social media in the past couple of weeks? And I don't know if this is true because I like, I listened to the, I listened to the 30 second clips of this and I didn't go investigate this further, but you know how um, people talk about there's actual like number frequencies associated with different energies or feelings. And there's like, you know, just like the spectrum from like fear to love. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people uh, somehow say they can measure the frequencies. Like this one is, you know, 300, whatever. This one's 600. This one's 900. Or like the way you feeling or yeah. Okay. Totally. Like an emotion has a frequency that can be translated into a really specific number that apparently is measurable somehow in in terms of frequencies. And um, I've seen many different versions of of this from different people. And oftentimes at the very top of the list, what people say exists there is love. It's often Mm -hmm. like love or... um, love, understanding, like different people have slightly different words, but that's always at the very top. And these little sound bites that I've been seeing recently, again, (laughs) no idea if there's any accuracy to this whatsoever, but but they've been saying, guess what? You might think the highest frequency is love, but actually, do you know what it is? It's authenticity. And I've seen this from a couple different people and maybe they're all just reading the same flawed source and making reels about it because, you know, social media is crazy, right? But um, when I heard that, I something resonated in that and maybe it's just that it's because I want to believe it, but I do want to believe it. Mm. I really, I like that. I like, I, I want that to be true. And something deep inside says, even if, something deep inside says that serves me and I'm willing to move forward under the premise that that's true or powerful for me that 
the truth of my desire or my expression in the moment is actually a higher frequency for this world than just defaulting to what's the most loving thing to do. And I think that mm. I think that is the source of a lot of I think that's the source of most of my self-betrayals is shifting from the truth of me in a moment to what I thought was love. That is like the heart of most of the ways I've betrayed myself over and over and over again. And it feels remarkably liberating to think that it might be okay to let that pattern go, that it's not wrong or lower frequency, lower vibrational, you know, to release the idea that defaulting towards love is in the highest service of myself in the world. I kind of, I feel really ready to let that go. I feel really ready to let that go too. <laughs> you know, what I was trying to put my finger on earlier about the experiences, like the, the, the couple, the, the handful of experiences or quote unquote regrets that I have, it's actually been those moments, like what you just said, I'm putting my finger on the exact energy where I chose what I thought was a higher expression of love, forgiveness, understanding, compassion. You know, I think one of my greatest um, gifts is also one of my greatest curses <laughs> or challenges in this world, because what I, one of my greatest gifts, and this serves me as a coach, it serves me as a teacher, a leader, a mother, a partner, it serves me in all areas of life, is that I have this ability to, to really see people's authentic selves, no matter how they show up. You know, the expression people will say, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Mm -hmm. And I, I never agreed with that. Like I, that statement, that, that statement never felt true to me because people are presenting false selves to the world all the time. That's not who they really are. Like yeah. I, it might be how they are showing up, but it's not who they are. So I've had this, I have this gift of being able to like cut through the noise of how people show up in the world and how they're you know, their guards or their rebel minds or whatever false selves they've, they've created and whatever, you know, unhealthy things that they're attached to that's making them show up that way. I have this capability of cutting through that and seeing someone for who they really are, which again, serves me in so many areas of life and is also a challenge because when someone is coming at me with their guard rebel mind stuff, whether that's jealousy or competitiveness or just like anger or frustration. When someone's coming at me, I can still see their authentic self. Like I can still see and cut through the noise. And I think what I'm ready to let go of is like, what I'm ready to let go of is that even though I can still see that doesn't mean doesn't mean the highest choice is in you know compassion or forgiveness or hmm is that what i'm trying to say i'm i'm like 
on the edge of a yeah. budding insight and I'm, I'm having troubles capturing it. But it's along the same lines of what you were saying. Like, it doesn't mean that I think in the past I have taken a lot of shit. Yeah. And like accepted a lot of shit. Yeah. Because I could see their authentic self and I could forgive them for how they were showing up. And there's like these little moments and it's, it's interesting because these are the, you know, the, the moments I have, are, these are not even people I'm super close with. They're not people in my immediate, you know, um, circle, but I forgave them or let, gave them compassion, but I did it in a way that betrayed myself. Like I betrayed myself. Yeah. And I'm not saying anger was the anger or shutting them out or, you know, was the answer there, but it wasn't that. And I think what I'm trying to grasp is then if it wasn't that and it's not this, what is it? Mm. You know? Yeah. I know what it is for me. For me, so um, my pattern, I, you know, and I'm sure we've talked about this many times on here, my pattern was, um, regardless of what I was feeling, wanting, needing, desiring, believing, fearing, love and compassion meant love and compassion for the person in front of me. And the choice can still be love and compassion, but first, what does love and compassion look like for myself right now? Mm -hmm. And then what trickles out of that? And the answer is different every time, but it never ends up being a really harsh thing for the world. It's not like a polar opposite. It's not like, right. oh, allowing and understanding. And that the opposite of that isn't like anger and harshness and a wall like that's never what it ends up being it ends up being something so much more subtle like you know if i oftentimes what the answer ends up being for me lately is in a situation where i in the past would have um seen someone's behavior or their anger and thought oh i need to have understanding and I need to build a bridge and I need to create peace and harmony between us. And I need to make sure they're okay and they're not hurt by me. I need to mm -hmm. take accountability and, you know, I need to go, I need to go engage. Um, when in those situations, when I now turn love and compassion onto myself and, you know, think about building a bridge with myself, what am I feeling? What do I need? What honors me? Oftentimes what the answer is, is it actually, it's just a choice to like lovingly not engage at all, but not out of anger in, yeah. in, in so much in the energy of love. It's just like, oh, that's not mine. And I, you know what, now that I um, honor myself and now that I'm not about to abandon myself or betray myself to come like try to fix things with you. Now that I actually have healthy, loving boundaries for myself, I actually do look at that person and I still, I actually feel genuine compassion and understanding. Like, oh, this is what's happening with you, I think. And I get it. I do that too when I'm triggered, but it's not mine. And I'm just going to like quietly send you love and I'm going to 
I'm just going to go on my business, you know, and it, it is in the energy of love, but it's like, there's nothing for me to do. There's nothing for me to do there. It's like the most loving and powerful of boundaries often causes me to just like lovingly disengage, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing that like, I so admire about you in something that the way you live your life helps me, like the way I observe you living your life helps me to embody this, these qualities within myself even deeper. And I know what this has been a journey and a half for you to get here. I know this has been like your life's work to get here, but you, I think you, what it feels like from the outside looking in is that you have stripped away all your people pleasing tendencies. (laughs) It's like, I feel like there's nothing left. Mm. I, the way that you unapologetically claim your boundaries, claim your truth, claim your the way you do that the way that you what it what it looks like just like are able to let people even if even if it's like energy directed at you like even if it's like anger or frustration directed at you the way that you're able to disengage with that and just lovingly let people go have their tantrums over here mm-hmm. and not get energetically sucked into it and it's really remarkable. Hmm. Well, first, thank you for that reflection. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna soak that in as like, um, uh, uh, soak that in as a piece of like evidence that I've grown so much and I've come a long way. You know what quote I read the other day? Uh, it was, I think it was a Margaret Atwood quote. And I'm going to get it wrong, but it was something along the lines of um, the desire to be loved is the last illusion we give up. Mm. And I know that had I read that, oh gosh, not even like, it's like, it's probably like a recent shift, but for the most of my life, had I read that, I would have felt so incredibly triggered. I probably actually would have felt like ragey and triggered and terrified. Like it would have caused the deepest emotional stir inside because I always thought my deepest desire was to be loved. It all, I, I wrote it in my journal. I said it to people. Um, if someone were to talk about me and say, like, I think this is what she wants, that's what they would have said, just be loved. I just thought that the entire world for me always revolved around wanting to be loved. And the the idea that that might have been false was so terrifying to me because I wanted it so bad. And anything that implied I might not get the thing that I wanted so bad was terrifying. And like, I reject it. It would have been very loud and noisy. And I read it this time and I was like, huh. Oh, I finally, I, I can actually understand what that means. And I so 
oh, like finally agree with something like that in that um, the pursuit of being loved my entire life never, never, I, I shouldn't say it never gave me what I'm like looking for because I find so much satisfaction right now in feeling really truly loved. Like I, I love it. I would have never traded it. Right. But something about the pursuit of being loved was so flawed and so empty and so taking me in the wrong direction and never brought me anything. And the remedy to that was just like such a, I don't know, cringy, cringy internal thing, not a cringe, like it's cringy to me when people say this is like, you have to love yourself. I kind of hate that phrase. But just the knowing that I was worthy of love allowed it to flow in. And that's all I need. I don't like need to pursue it. I don't need to want it. I don't need it to, I don't need it to come from every person. I don't need it to be reflected in everyone's eyes. It's like I have this little corner over here where I am loved and I know I am, but even if that went away, I'd be okay because more would flow in. Um, I really don't need to be loved anymore. I'm free of, I'm free of that clinging, fearful, needy desire that I've had my entire life. I no longer yearn to be loved. And that feels like the healthiest, most liberating, exciting thing. It's like the lesson of my lifetime so far. Yeah. Maybe it'll be forever. The lesson of my lifetime is, is that I don't need to be loved. And it feels like it opens the door. If I no longer need to be loved, I can do whatever I want. You know, not in a bad way, but I can be whoever I want. I can do whatever I want and I don't need to be loved. Hmm. So as a, like I, I, I always say, like I'm a recovering people pleaser and as a recovering people pleaser, oh, there's something I've never heard. I, I've never heard that quote before. I've never heard that statement before. I've never heard you talk about it like that before. But wow, does something ever feel, <laughs> it feels like you've just literally put a little seed in my heart and planted it there because I can imagine knowing the truth of that, like how liberating, how freeing that feels. And I think that, you know, the need the desire to be loved, the desire to be accepted, the desire to be liked, the desire to be agreeable, the, the, that, the, that desire like runs so deep in our DNA. Like it runs so deep in our psyche. It runs so deep. And the liberation, the freedom that comes from that oof, for about I don't know. I like maybe two years now, probably like a good two years now. The first line every morning in my journal, when I tap into my vision and, you know, my like the, the energy and the, 
all of the things I want to, like the intentions I want to embody. The first line is, I am liberated. Hmm. And then it goes on to kind of explain what that means. I am free from all uh, debts, burdens, expectations, and pressures, whether real or perceived. Mm. And to me, being free of those things is like liberation. And I've never connected it to this need or this des- like this internal kind of insidious desire to want to be liked and loved. But there is something wildly liberating about that, isn't there? For me, yeah. It's like almost one of, I think it's, I find it very liberating when I identify um, something that I took as a fact or a given that I didn't even realize I was taking as a fact or a given. Like when I put my finger on an operating principle that I didn't even know was an operating principle because it was so deeply ingrained. Like in this case, it would be this operating principle that of course I want to be loved and everybody just wants to be loved. Of course. And like, and, and the universe supports that, right? It's just like, I, I operated never questioning that. I assumed it was truth and fact and good. We all want to be loved. This is the way I'm built. And putting my finger on something, whether it's this or something else where I like, something makes me look at it and then realize that doesn't have to be true for me. I can be free of this operating principle of the world. It's, it's, ultimate liberation and so satisfying because you didn't even realize you were bound by it because it seemed so true you didn't even realize you were bound by it how does how does let me ask do the remnants of people pleasing or this like do the remnants of any of this ever still show up for you in your life sometimes i still want to people please the universe Okay, tell me more about that. <laughs> so now I'm confident, like if if you brought someone, if, if someone came forward with a request of me or a desire or, you know, just something that I had to interact with and I did my internal searching and I realized, no, what I want and need here is different from this person's, I wouldn't feel any pressure. I wouldn't feel any people-pleasing tendency whatsoever. Even in, it gets a little trickier for me in really intimate relationships, Mm -hmm. like my closest, close relationships, like if my partner or if you or my mom or like, you know what I mean? Like someone came to me with like a request or a perspective or a complaint, I can confidently say, I would still choose myself and not people pleasing, but it would be like, oh, it's harder with you. I don't oh, like I would get achy about it, but I would do it. Um, the place that I really doubt myself is with the universe. Sometimes I have this leftover perception that like the universe still has a right and wrong 
and the universe still has rules and wants me to do things a certain way. And I, I, I doubt myself there. Like, okay, here's the, here's the current example. So one thing I've been asking for, um, so we've talked about this, you know, one, one of the new areas that is like taking my focus and my attention or that I'm choosing to pour into is money, prosperity. And in that realm, there are all sorts of desires I have about, it's not just about, I'd like to make this much money. It's like, no, this is how I want it to come in. This is how I want to feel about it. This is how I want the exchange of energy to feel with the universe. It's like very particular and it's very luxurious. Mm, like what, what I am imagining in terms of like money and prosperity is so luxurious and it goes counter to all of the rules that people talk about. And when I hear other people talking about, well, this is how energy and money works. And I hear them say something that, oh, would make me have to abandon one of my, the things I'm yearning for. I really doubt myself like, what if they have, um, what if they know what the universe wants more than me? What if they're right about how the universe wants? And I doubt the, I doubt the little part of me that says, this is what I desire. And if I'm really going all in, all my chips are in on trusting my own desires, no matter how luxurious, no matter how different, then I need to like hold true to the purity of what I want. Um, then. I should disregard what their perception of the way the universe works is, but I do doubt myself. Like uh, that, that trips me up. I have to really do a lot of soul searching on, do I believe the universe works that way? Is there something I'm not seeing? Will the universe not give me what I want unless I do this? What if, what if that's true? So, um, here, here's an example. Okay. I'm going to give you the exact example, mm -hmm. actually. I was listening to a podcast and someone said they were talking about manifesting new jobs and, and, and money and things coming in. And someone said, while you're waiting for, yeah, sometimes you have to say no to the things that are not in alignment, but other times if you're really valuing yourself and you have a lot of self-worth, then sometimes you do have to choose something that's like a temporary bridge to get you where you want. And it's like kind of like a little bit of a compromise, but like you do it because you need to make money and it feels good to make money and you're supporting yourself. So you're valuing yourself. So there's like this little element of compromise and that didn't feel good in my body. I didn't like that, but I was like, oh, what if they're right? What if she knows something I don't about how the universe works and manifestation and like, oh, that wouldn't feel good to me. And if that was true, this would mean I have to be open up to these possibilities around me. And I've been wrestling with that. And in the period of time I've been wrestling with that, um, that energy has been popping up and I have to choose to say yes or no to it. Like, um, I know I'm not being super descriptive, but like an opportunity like, Ooh, here's a way to make money that actually doesn't really excite you, but makes me go, oh, but is this what she's talking about? Is that the right thing? Is that the way the universe works? Um, and that's where I doubt myself. So it's like I would, I almost want to people please the universe. Well, if the universe, if this is the way the universe works, then I better do it the way the universe wants instead of being like, no, this 
I want to trust my body. I want to trust my inspiration. I want to trust like miracles. Like these are the things I want to trust. And so, yeah, I still do doubt myself in this realm when it comes to what I believe the universe wants from me. I love that example. <laughs> um, isn't it true that it always comes back to like the voice of knowing within? Mm. Yeah. You know, like it like consistently always, you know, and I feel like this is true for all of our conversations. It always comes back to for you in that example. There is a still calm wise voice inside of you beyond all the noise beyond all the mind chatter beyond the shoulds and the oh but the doubt beyond the opinions advice mentorship perceptions of others that is guiding you in a different in, in a certain in a particular I shouldn't even say different but like in a particular direction yeah when I think of the times that I have people pleased, there was like my, you know, sometimes our minds don't know, but our, but our bodies know, oh, you know, yeah. there was, when I think about the times where I uh, like abandoned myself to please others or to make peace, or to create external harmony so that I could feel internal harmony. The first indication was this squeeze, like a, oh, like a mm. gut feeling mm, contraction, mm, like squeeze, this doesn't feel good. And I think that's the first indication. I think what my mind can easily do, our minds can easily kind of talk us out of that gut feeling and and where my mind can go is oh that's just your that's just your crap that you got to go deal that's just your trigger that's not that's not this this that's your you know and you got to go deal with that go go clean that up but but first create harmony here like create the bridge like you said yeah. create the harmony or you know, for you and your example, it could have been easy to go, oh, that's a little limiting belief. You got to go work on that, that like that clench, you know. But what if it was just truly and I say what if, but I feel like I understand that I, I, I know that that is how. That is how our, our wisdom, our souls, our intuition speaks to us is through through our feelings, through our emotions, through our bodies, through the clench, through the opening, through the, ins you know, through that. And I love the feeling of more and more and more and more and more. Just trusting that without even having to logically explain it. Mm. Yeah. Or making the other person wrong. Hmm. You know, yeah, or making the other person wrong, or the other idea wrong, or the other yeah, like just to trust it. Yeah, I think the more I trust myself, the easier it is to not make somebody else wrong. 
because I'm not battling with myself. So I don't need to battle with them. But you know, what's like striking me right now is this thing we're talking about, like you believe that your body knows the way. And sometimes your mind gets in the way, but you believe your body knows the way. I believe the same thing. My body knows the way. I can trust myself. The way is always, always, always the way my own inner wisdom is pointing and never the way somebody else is pointing. And yet, I still feel so much fear in mm-hmm. these choices. Like, you know, yeah. when when you were saying it creeps in with like a bit of like, I don't know if the word you use was like restriction or constriction. Yeah. It's the same for me when I'm journaling or thinking about what this other person said and navigating like, what's my, who do I want to be right now? What's my next aligned action? Like, what do I choose here? I feel that resistance and I, 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 I feel my desires. I feel this resistance. And in this resistance, I have so much self-doubt. And my brain is like, yeah, exactly what you said. What if this is my own limiting belief? What if I have mm. to blast through it? What I have to, what if I have to blast through this resistance right now? And because I'm I'm a little bit wrong and I'm not good enough yet. And I need to be better. And this is one of my flaws. And so it's like this, yeah, this this jumble of restriction. And I can sit back and I can tell you this is what I believe. And I'm still wrestling with it though. It's not easy. I'm actively working this knot to try to free myself and build my trust muscle. Like I can, we can, we are having this conversation. I believe it with like all of my might Mm -hmm. and I'm struggling through it right now. So I don't know, like, I think, I think I have a question for you here and it's maybe it's like a little bit of like a desperate question of like, how do you, what else is there like how else do we how else do we sink into trust in like the quiet still small voice of our own wisdom and desire and put aside the doubts and the fears that would have us people please somebody else or the universe you know how mm-hmm. like what do you think helps that strengthens that mm well, I, first, I, I think that first, like the acknowledgement, like what you just said out loud, what you just acknowledged, that like, I, I hear it. I feel it. I know it's there. I, tr- I trust it. I think I, you know, but you, but we do, we do, we do trust it. We do. Yeah. And we still, like both of us still. I think this is maybe like a, like a common human, human thing is like, it's still incredibly challenging to fully trust it. And what I have found is that when I, Michelle, do you keep your old journals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like that closet back there is filled from like 
ceiling to floor filled with my old journals for the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe longer, maybe even, yeah, maybe longer. And what I find fascinating sometimes when I go back and read them, like what was so terrifying, but I trust it. I trust this feeling inside, but it's so scary to, to like, to trust this. And then I see like, oh my gosh, like what happened since then? What, Cause I trusted that feeling. It might've not turned out exactly how I had, a, my brain had, had imagined or had envisioned, but oh my gosh, I trusted that feeling and, and, and the unfoldment, the unfoldment, like there's evidence now hmm. I have evidence, you know, like that's all evidence. That's like my evidence room back right. there. You know, it's like filled with evidence that I, I can trust that, but it, what's fascinating. And we've, we've talked about this on so many podcasts before, like that void in between of like the new mm. frontier of the new thing you're trusting. <laughs> Why yeah. does it feel just the, the same? Why does it feel just as scary as like all those pages over the last 10 years? But I think that very slowly, very like step by step by step is the evidence builds. And for me, as I remind myself of the evidence that's built, my trust gets, gets deeper and deeper. And I think that that voice within, the more time we spend giving that voice within um, like a microphone, like airtime, the more time we spend tapping into that voice within, the stronger it becomes. And it's not an overnight thing. It's like a freaking, you know, it's like a dead devotion to spending time there. It's a slog, isn't it? It is like a slog. A slog. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a slog. Yeah. It's, it's like doing your, like, you know, you and I both have our morning journaling rituals, but that's how I talk to that voice within is, and that's a priority every morning to yeah. get up when my alarm goes off at five 30, when I could easily snooze till seven easily. Yeah. But like get up and cause that's my time. That might not be everyone's time, but that's my time to, that's when my brain is the sharpest. It's when my, I'm most open to connecting with that part of me. It's when I'm most in tune with my intuition and my wisdom and like connecting to that part of me and believing that part of me. Because every other part, when that, when every other part starts to steer the bus, it takes me on um, the detoured route. Hmm. Yeah. And the detoured route is always, I shouldn't say it's always uh, like abandoning myself, but in, in some way, like when I think back to all of the moments I've doubted myself and chose from my mind instead of my wisdom and like, like my deepest yearning, that little moment of self-betrayal it does it takes it takes me on a detoured route and then I just find myself back to that same point no further ahead until yeah. it's like I don't get further ahead until I stop 
betraying myself and stop yeah. myself. So it's like, there's this like, this like impetus, this like burning desire to break the cycle and not betray myself here and be a stand for myself. And, oh gosh, it, it's, there's points along there that are just, oh gosh, they're so challenging. You know what else I find? So it, it's almost like the universe will, will present you with, with like, okay, didn't get that one. Here's another one. Here's another, here's another face, different, different, like character in the story, but same energy, same, you know, same, like same, um, knee-jerk reaction to mm. betray yourself again until we you, you know you break the pattern you choose a different way then you get to move forward on your journey like the floodgates open back up on your journey um what i love i love the moments where perhaps you don't even realize that's all happened because sometimes it's like it's a little bit subtle you know but i love the moments when you've you've kind of broken free or broke break broken through a new way of being a new way of showing up in the world and a situation is thrown at you that would have previously triggered the shit out of you that would have previously sent you spiraling and today you're confronting this 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 situation unfazed like going back to your original analogy of like on the boat, there's a storm happening. There's waves. People are like begging to get into your boat and you are sailing and unfazed. Mm. That's a celebratory moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. If I put what I was just saying into that context, it's like right now I'm sailing. I'm going I'm like, I know, I know where I'm going. I'm not going to get stopped. But in floats a little, um, almost like, let's call it like a life raft. It doesn't even feel like a person. And I'm afraid if I don't stop and gather the supplies on that life raft that I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, I'm wasting the gifts of the universe and it's not going to be pleased with me. So it takes a lot. It's taking a lot of bravery right now. It's like, I, I see it. I'm like, I sense it's not a trap, but like, I sense it's a detour. I, I don't want to stop, but I'm like so scared as I'm leaving it behind to go. You know, it's like, it's so, it's, it's so scary. It's almost like a little test. Mm. It's almost like a little test, but I think, gosh, if I could, I think this conversation is solidifying, like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Um, and it's really scary, but if it, if, if it ends up being the right path, I'm going to be so proud of myself and I'm going to look back and I'm going to celebrate this choice. It's hard to celebrate when you're scared, yeah. you know, but I'll, I'll look back and I'll celebrate myself for sticking to my course and not, yeah, not, not, not abandoning myself in the process. And then that just creates stronger and stronger and stronger pieces of evidence. Hmm. But you can trust yourself. Yeah. If you go back to what you wrote, how long ago did you write that, by the way? I, it, probably uh, two or three years ago, maybe longer. Okay. Three, four years ago. Yeah. So 
if you look back at what you wrote two or three years ago, yeah, and you, I know it still resonates now, but mm. is there anything like what in there is still challenging you a lot? And then what in there have you not overcome, but what in there do you have more internal power around? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, you know what is you know what the reason it's still it's still resonating is it's it's a very different reason than when I wrote it. When I wrote that, I was doing things to betray. I was I was doing things to betray myself actively. I don't feel that today. I feel today. I feel like I have gotten to a place where I feel so connected to my truth, connected to that place of wisdom. I feel so deeply connected and I have let go. I have shed, I have shed and shed and shed and shed and shed so many small little micro relationships or decisions or choices or even business practices or strategies, um, um, you know, strange relationships with others that I, that I, and I say strange because there was, you know, maybe some not pure energy in these relationships. There was like, I could feel, you know, uh, energies of them wanting something from me or being jealous of what I have, or, you know, like there was just something mm, not that didn't feel good. And I have just been on this journey of shedding, mm. shedding all of it. And I'm at a place where I'm at that place where I'm being confronted with these, these like little situations that are coming up that would have previously knocked me off my feet. Mm. And I'm like, oh, would you look at that? <laughs> I am internally balanced within. I, like, I, I, I think I'm in a place of celebration of that growth. Hmm. And I think there's even deeper layers to go. Hmm. So your comment about this need, this desire, or this, can you repeat the quote? Can you repeat the quote, the, the, the being loved quote? Yes. And maybe we should look up the actual real quote or something and like, but it's, it's yeah. from Margaret Atwood and it's the desire to be loved is the last illusion that we give up. Yeah. Ooh, that there's something in that quote that takes this to a whole other level for me. Mm. Like, I think I've, I've, I've moved the bar this far and now I think some, I need to let that soak in my, in my psyche and my internal world. I need to just swim in that a little bit to understand what that actually means or looks like for me. Yeah. To take, to move the bar, to continue to move the bar in, in this, in this area of oh, just liberation, being liberated from what, how other people perceive me or what they think of me is uh, and continues to be a really massive, a massive journey for me. Yeah. I think about 
what I know of perception. And perception, like how people listen and hear us, has everything to do with what's going on in their internal worlds, with what's going on in their psyche and their in their you know, perceptions of the world. Like we are all being received by others through a lens of whatever's happening within them. And I have no control over other people's lenses. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what I've learned over the years and learned this the hard way is like, I can share, I can teach things. I can, I can share things. And the way people receive it, like I have zero control over that, yeah. none. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it and just detest me, yeah. despise <laughs> me, think I am the, and that's happened before, you yeah. know? And it's like, how can I spend energy trying to fix that or trying to fix my words so that, oh, everything's landing so perfectly. And like, you know, how can I, 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 I cannot what you think of me has more to do with you than it has to do with me. Yeah. How you perceive my words has more to do with your internal world than mine. Mm. That's liberating. Yeah. That's a very, then, and that's something I, I, that's like a, that's a growing edge I've been inside of for a little while now. And I'm like, I continue to push the bar further on that one. Um, and I think that, I think that when I go back to the, what I read earlier, I think I, I actually, the reason it was landing is because I think I actually had to forgive myself Yeah, for the ways in which I had betrayed myself. Yeah. I think I, I think that's what it was. I think I just had to forgive the, the past versions of me that did betray myself to keep the peace, to keep the harmony in the name of love, in the name of compassion. And the actions, it's funny because when I, when I replay some of those scenarios and I think, how would I have, what would I have done differently today? You know, knowing what I know today or being the version of myself that I am today, what would I have done differently? I, and it's very similar to what you were saying earlier. There would have been no like anger or like big firm wall boundary you cannot pass. Like it wouldn't have been a big thing. It would have been a very peaceful disengagement of that friendship, that connection, that relationship far sooner, like yeah. eons sooner, eons sooner. I would have just trusted the little, the little in my body that said, oh, something is just not healthy here, or there's a dynamic here at play that's just not, well, that's not, that's not, that's not for you. That's not, and that's not yours to carry. Yeah. I would have trusted that eon sooner and mm -hmm. saved myself a whole lot of detouring. Mm -hmm. Has there been anything in the process of forgiving yourself? And whether it's like, you know, this exact theme that we're talking about right now of betraying yourself through people pleasing or any other way you've ever felt you've betrayed yourself. Is there anything that helps you with the self-forgiveness? Because like I find self-forgiveness to be very challenging sometimes. I've really struggled it like with it. Like, yeah. 
what mm. helps with that for you? I think what helps me is um, I always go back to the model of the mind rebel method because that's just how I see the world mm -hmm. and how I see my my internal world. And I think about what were the versions of me who were mm. who were driving the bus during those times. And so when I think about the times where I had betrayed myself, it was my guard. And I, then I, and then I ask why, like, what, what, what was the motivation behind that? And it always comes back to, you know, a fear of, a fear of if I, a fear of disharmony, a fear of disconnection, a fear of, if I don't, if I don't, you know, if I don't fix this or make this better, something bad will happen, or I could be threatened in some way. And so I think understanding my motivations from that lens has just helped me to, to, to lend more compassion to myself, like those parts of myself mm -hmm. that, oh, felt like they needed to protect me, felt like you needed to protect me. Yeah. And so all of these strange people pleasing behaviors emerged from that motivation to protect. Mm. And I think seeing that, observing it, putting my finger on it, understanding the motivation behind it gives me compassion and then allows me to also say, and now we're going to choose a new way, mm. you know? Yeah. Cause that didn't feel good. Right. And now let's choose a new way. Sometimes I think, sometimes I think that when um, an old, you know, if there's like little memories I mildly fixate on, like for some reason, like, you know, you were saying there's, there's, you don't have a lot of regrets, but there's a couple little moments that like, yeah. they come back into your mind, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I wish I wish I could have wish I could just go do that. Over again. <laughs> I could get you a do over there. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when those things are happening to me, um, some sometimes it's the case where like, oh, maybe I'm still really trying to learn that lesson, or there's more for me to understand about it. But then after that, sometimes those things still come into my mind, not because I haven't learned the lesson, not because I haven't integrated, not because there's actually any danger of me choosing differently anymore, but because it's just like, it's just a reminder, almost a reminder from, I don't know what part of myself, like maybe a mixture of all the parts of myself of just like, you've got this, keep going, but remember don't like <laughs> don't go that way like you've got this but don't you go there again almost like if we're sailing the ship right it's like you see rocks in the distance and you still when you see the rocks you're like don't go to those rocks right <laughs> you know it's like what happened last time you went yeah. to the rocks yeah it's like a mild little it's like this mild sort of not vigilance, but just, I don't know. I feel like it comes up with a little bit of energy and emotion just as like some reminder of like, stay so strong on this current path. Remember that that path feels bad. I like that. I like that reframe. Yeah. That helps to turn, you know, the little forgiveness work I, I, I'm feeling like I need to do into 
just something a little bit more empowering and useful. Yeah. Like the, the fearful parts of you. Um, it's like, you can actually trust yourself. Like you can trust yourself. And this, this reminder of the waves you've gone wrong before, they don't mean that you can't trust yourself now in your choices. They're just adding fuel to this new direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else I'm taking away from this conversation is a reminder of the sometimes life-threatening fear mm. that comes with a new frontier of growth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I feel that right now. Yeah. Life-threatening fear. Yeah. So I don't feel that right now, but as you were describing what you're feeling, I'm reminded of the life-threatening fear I once felt about choosing myself over people-pleasing. The life-threatening fear that I felt, and it was all connected in strange and insidious ways because it wasn't all about, it was all connected to business for me. Mm. Even like random friendships, like it was just all kind of connected to um, livelihood and like, like, you know, just like the basic human needs of food, water, shelter. Like it was, it felt like it felt life threatening. Yeah. To trust myself over the desire to people please or the desire to. Yeah. I think that's so important what you just said, because I think it's possible to feel life threatening fear even when your conscious mind knows your life isn't actually threatened. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the intensity of the fear yeah. still feels life threatening. And um, like, I remember when I felt life threatening fear in terms of romantic relationship, was I consciously concerned that I would literally die? No, <laughs> but my body was terrified that I was going to feel so much pain that I would die in like a subconscious sense. Like my fear was like life-threatening. I think that's so important to remember, like no matter what area of your life or what pattern you're betraying yourself with, like no friggin' wonder because you feel life-threatening fear of, of course, of course the, uh, there will be unhealthy urges that, you know, you betray yourself to try to save your life. Like, of course we do that. Of course, sometimes we betray ourselves because we are so frantic with fear. We're scared on some level. We're going to die. I'll die if I don't do this. I'll die if I reject this person. I'll die if I, this person's not happy with me. Like nothing will be okay. Um, I think, and I think it's so important to remember and like not minimize the fear we're feeling sometimes. Um, because if you step back, you think this is not that big of a deal, but really if you're feeling terrified inside, it, it is a big deal. It's real. 
yeah, yeah. it's real for you in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And so of course it's hard to make the new choice that honors yourself. Of course it's hard to sail out into uncharted territory of <laughs> yeah it's like such a good reminder mm -hmm. Hmm. okay what are you walking away with oh i am i let me see if i can regather the thought i had this i had this little thought a little while ago um as we were talking and it was a very um a very personal thought like not really philosophical, but very personal. I think through talking about all of this, I have some clarity that the thing that I've been wrestling with here for, let's say like a few days, um, I think what's getting clearer to me is that this thing I've been wrestling with follows the same pattern we've been talking about. And it gives me clarity on mm -hmm. um, my direction. So these little compromises I've been considering making, it's very clear to me right now that these compromises are coming from fear and that, um, you know, the relationship that I, the relationship that I betray myself in most and that I have the most fear around is just my relationship to the universe itself. And like, almost like God, that's not how it occurs to me. I don't, I don't see like, as like a, a God being angry at me. It's like, but it's like the universe, like, will I be pleasing the universe? And so I realize like, I'm really good at choosing myself in a lot of contexts, but it feels like a really big stretch to like, it almost occurs to me as, can I choose myself possibly over the universe? Like that's. It sounds like a very dangerous thing to do. Like if there really is such a thing as choosing yourself over the universe, that feels really dangerous. And like, if anything has the power to ruin your life or kill you, it's like the universe. The universe can right. wants your way. So it feels very, it feels very scary. And it's helped me clarify that like, that's what I'm grappling with is like, I, I, it's somehow some part of me feels like if I really choose myself, these like, unreasonable unrealistic desires that are so luxurious and so outlandish what if i'm kind of like you know spitting on the universe a little bit um and 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 now that that's clear that like that's what's been playing out inside of me it's also clear that i really don't believe that's true i really don't believe that's true it's never proved true to me before and i remember a time where i thought i was asking for unreasonable things in relationship like when I read my list of everything I wanted, when I was actually honest with myself, I had the exact same fear of what if this is not the way it's meant to be? What if the universe doesn't actually want this for people because it's not quite right? And me like pursuing this and saying no to all the other things, what if I'm saying no to any possibility of, you know, the love and relationship I want in my life? Like how could, how how could I possibly believe that I know what's right in the universe in relation to what I'm worthy of in terms of love? And it's mirroring here now in relation to money. Like I want things that sound unreasonable and unrealistic and so luxurious and exactly my particular way. And I'm scared that 
I'm being self-centered and thinking couldn't that I could have this or that um, I could be wrong and that the universe doesn't want it to be this way because that would be too easy or something, you know? And so being able to see all of that and name all of that gives me a sense of peace. It gives me enough like courage and bravery to get back on my focused path of like really focusing back in on not on these compromises, but back in on these really unreasonable things that I actually want. And it helps to soften the fear because I don't believe that the universe has an agenda for me. I don't think, I don't, I don't believe that the universe needs me to compromise or betray my desires or the things that would make me feel good or safe for it because there's some right or wrong for it in terms of that. I don't think that's true. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it either. Good. <laughs> I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's so easy to, you know, when you're not the one inside of the thing, it's so easy to just sit here and hold space for you and listen to you talk about this and and believe everything and, and just resonate so deeply with everything you're saying. And I, I, Michelle, I believe that you're going to get where you're going. I believe it with every ounce of my being. Hmm. And I can't wait to watch it unfold for you. Hmm. You said something so similar to me last time when I was in this place with relationships you had the exact same pure belief with a smile on your face. Like you knew it for me so hard. You knew it for me so hard. And so that is, I, uh, I hope, God, my deepest hope is that this plays out in even a fraction of the magical energy that that did. Mm. Yeah. And there lies the power of coaching and holding someone's and, and listening to someone with a pure and unfiltered lens and holding space for their vastness and holding space for their dreams without offering advice or opinions or just like, and just reflecting that back. Hmm. Yeah. Oh God, it's been, that's like such an essential ingredient. So yeah, such an essential ingredient for me. What are you taking with you on your personal journey with mm -hmm. honoring yourself? So I am, I am through this conversation. I, I, I've, I've had some forgiveness of myself, just even through talking about this, I've had, I, I feel the energy shifting of those little moments I was hanging on to in the past that I've often replayed in my, my mind and what I'm taking, what I'm personally taking with me is this really excited feeling inside of the next level of liberation that will come with really embodying that 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 quote mm. and really 
trying that on and, and understanding what does that look like in my, what would it look like if I had no desire to be loved? What would that, like, what would, what would that open up for me? What would that break free for me? What would, what new world is possible inside that? Because I've never contemplated that before. Mm. So that's what I'm walking away with. Can I tell you the like little image and the feeling that I'm getting as you're saying that? Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I always feel like you're such a powerful person in so many ways. Like, I think you're powerful in the way that um, you time and time and time and time and time again are able to take inspirations, take desires, take thoughts, run them through your body and your life and like have things change and materialize and build and like, 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 like these creations that are like succeeding and thriving. And I just think that's so powerful because, you know, it's easy to have wonderful ideas and have them not translate, or it's also easy to like create things that aren't anchored in like true desires, but like the whole thing flows through you from aligned desire into real life things. Like the whole process flows through you, which is so powerful. It's like actual creative power. And then just think, <laughs> when you're not scared of what yeah. other people might think, I just have this vision of you know in Lord of the Rings when the uh, the elf um, queen, what's her name, Galadriel? Okay, I you know don't she, know her name, but I know, you know exactly who you're talking about. Has that moment where like this extra power flows through her, and she was like, "I will be." Do you know that scene? I know that scene very well. Yes, this, this power is flooding through her. I, I, I intuit something similar here. Like, I don't think you're going to be scary or glowy or dark, but you know, the power that's already coming through you and then freed of all the shackles that constrain it or slow it or dampen it. I just feel so much creative power. Mm, I'm letting all of those, that whole reflection just like, sink into my cells and I'm receiving it fully. And when you say it, there's nothing inside me that wants to like, Oh, shut it down or be humble about it because I believe you. Yeah. I, I believe you. Mm. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I wonder what else you want to create. Yeah. I wonder what else I want to create. I am in a, I am in a, uh, an era of life or a, like a, like a season of life that I, of just creation of like, yeah, creation. And it feels so good. Thanks for this conversation. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. If it serves you, take a moment to contemplate what your golden nugget is from this exploration. And if you feel inspired, please feel free to share it with us in the comments of this episode on our YouTube channel. To learn more about the MRA and our renowned flagship Mind Rebel Coach Training Series that begins once a year in the spring, please visit our website at www.themindrebel.com.